Hi, and welcome to Syrup Shots Gaming. I'm Tyler, and this week with me is Phil. Hey, hey. And Dave. Hey, how's it going? It's going all right. It's going all right. How's your team doing? Uh, we are now in the uh, Sweet 16 of the Central Region Rocket League Championship Tournament. Uh, we had a great match uh, this past week. Uh, actually, a very good, very sportsmanlike conduct team. Uh, at the end of the, the match, like the other team players were messaging them like to teach us, you know, <laughs> which nice. was very refreshing because the match we had the week before was a textbook example of the worst sportsmanship that we could, we had some very sore losers. Mm. So uh, I may have uh, kept the recording of their broadcast for uh, for my own personal reasons because it was hysterical. Just like, oh, well, now the other team is showboating us. And no, I'm just like, I believe the point of the game is to score points. <laughs> so yeah, it's, not, it's not about style. Yeah. It's, about, it's about fundamentals. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and, and winning. <laughs> yep. And uh, so we go uh, again this week, and that's when the pace picks up. So the uh, Sweet 16 matches are Monday. Final eight, Tuesday, final four, Wednesday, and then uh, the final match will be, yeah, Friday. Dang, it's coming and, up. I mean, I know they're doing that because they can't spread it all the way out until, you know, like the end of May because, you know, school districts like most are, you know, well, probably colleges, I would imagine, are probably getting out this week, and high schools will be probably followed by, like, I think our last day is probably like 28th, I think. So, yeah, we're winding down the year. Coming up. Yep, yep. Sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. I hope to get yep. a lot more game time in uh, because uh, I don't uh, I don't really play much games during the uh, week, unfortunately, because if it's got like a story, I want to focus on that. So the most gaming I'll do during the week is like, you know, a Mario platformer. What's the plot of this game? The princess has been kidnapped. Okay, that's all I need to know. The plot is go right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the same plot as Sonic, Yoshi's Island. <laughs> oh, yep, Yoshi's yep. Island plot is stop the baby from crying. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then go right. <laughs> and go right. And then go, and then go crying. right. And then go right. Yeah. Dodge fuzzy. Bill, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's your week been? Uh, well, I'm back from my hiatus. I know I missed a few podcasts. Uh, had a lot going on. Had uh, some parties, some traveling, some stuff to take care of. But uh, week's been good. Um, similarly to Dave, like I tend to play games that you don't have to think a lot on. Like uh, I've been doing uh, some sandboxing. I picked mm -hmm. up No Man's Sky again after... I don't think I played that really in like a couple of years. Um, like the game... Oh, no, no, you're right. I said there, there were some bugs with it where, um, like you can build farms to like manufacture stuff and make money. And like, for some reason I went to do that and it just wouldn't work. Like it wouldn't place for some reason. And I'm just like, well, this is stupid. And that was like the umpteenth bug that I had at the time. So I just waited, they've patched it. It's working a lot better now. So, but no man's sky really is a, a game that, you know, it's a good story about how they turned it around after listening to the, to the fan base and 
improving it and just patching. I know it was it was god awful when it first came out, but I think ever since the what was it, the Beyond update, I think they posted out, it was just a complete overhaul of the game. It started getting progressively better after that. I get it. That was my question. Have the improvements really been that much? And it sounds like the the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah, it really has. Um, they're still they're still there. There's still some bugs. I've I've had a couple. I've had to like reboot. I've got one now where you're when you can actually get big capital ships like big freighters in the game, mm-hmm. and you can craft and build in those. And you're supposed to be able to do that, and then it's supposed to automatically get powered. The bug I'm dealing with now is that the freighter I just got won't power something I just built, and I'm just kind of like, well, that's kind of annoying. So there's there's still there. There's still some work to be done, but the quality of life is a lot better than when I first played it, you know, a couple of years ago. Okay. That's good. Yeah, it says, video game, game donkey like to joke, no man's sky, more like no guy by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, that Although, was, I, I gotta give them kudos. All, all the updates and patches have been free. So they, they just paid for it once. I, I didn't have to pay for any of the other uh, updates. And I, I still am impressed, though. And I, I knew it was going to be a train wreck at the start, but I'm even more impressed, though, that they have you know, fixed everything. But we got to remember, this studio's games leading up to this game, then I don't know how I got so much hype, but was the Joe Danger series for phones. It's, oh, wow. Yes, you know, those, are, you know set the charts on fire because you know how, how lit they were <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I, I think that's i think it's a prime example of take de- tech demos you can't play with a grain of salt <laughs> the one thing that really impressed me with it and it's kind of ironic that if they if they used to do phone games because they kind of and maybe i'm wrong i haven't seen this in a lot of other uh, sci-fi games, but the thing that really impressed me that kind of keeps making me come back to it is that you can go from planet to planet in real time. You can be in space, you can hit planet side, land, build, do whatever, and then you can get back in your ship and fly back out in space and go to a different planet, do the same thing all in real time, no load screens, nothing like that. The only time you really hit a load screen is if you're jumping between solar systems. Um, and other than that, it's it's all real time, so that there's a lot of rendering that's being done there. That brings me up a a point here of, I guess it's a gaming gripe, you'd say. There's a trend that's been popping up in video games that I know a lot of people love. It's just not for me, and that's building. I don't want to build a settlement in Fallout 4. I don't want to have to build a town. I don't want to have to literally build every single part of Mm -hmm. uh, Minecraft or if I ever touched Roblox. (laughs) I get how it's cool for people. The closest I'll get is I will dabble with Mario levels, but that is so simplistic compared mm-hmm. to these such mm-hmm. in-depth systems. Mm-hmm. And, or Fortnite, the the best slash worst yeah. example. You're telling me you want me to build elaborate contraptions while shooting in a third-person shooter against 99 other people? <laughs> no, no, I'm just gonna I'm gonna use a tree for defense and not this steel <laughs> thing you want me to build. I'm in a building? Cool. I, th- I think you bring up a good point, too, is like when for a lot of, I guess for, I guess this is for every game, like, because I, th- I think one of the uh, I tend to play more, a lot of I tend to play some sandbox, I shouldn't say a lot. I tend to play some sandboxing games. Like, I like No Man's Sky. I played Terraria. I played Starbound for a little while. Um, and I think you, you bring up a good point of, like, the ability for the developers to actually have 
talent, what they're making it is how do they differentiate between building and fighting and creating that bridge? You know, if mm-hmm. people just want to fight, can they do that? If they just want to build, can they do that? And without having anything mix up in between, because that's that's kind of a thing too. Like I can play and I can just I can just just build stuff. I can just craft and do whatever, and then go mm-hmm. out and do whatever. And I'm a sci-fi nerd, so No Man's Sky is kind of perfect for me on that. But yeah, but you also like you avoid games that are just sandboxing because you know it's not mm-hmm. like style so yeah that's that wasn't really going with there going with anything with that but <laughs> no no you're good you're good i, I keep thinking i want to i want to try because i haven't even tried no man's sky yet so i might try it at some point mm-hmm. uh if you're ever in town uh, i'll show it to you. you can try it on mine it's like it's it's a, it's good for a sci-fi nerd and you can there's a lot there is a lot to do and it is a lot of crafting it's actually kind of difficult if you want to do more combat stuff you actually have to kind of like get into it a little bit and you can do missions Mm -hmm. but uh, Mm -hmm. even so you can still do a lot with and there's a lot of stuff to just see like every planet's going to have its own biome and so you can go to an ice planet a water planet an earth-like you know terran planet you can go to one Mm -hmm. that's extreme heat that's toxic radioactive and they have different uh species of plants and minerals and animals and like they, they do a good job with the detail so that, that's kind of what kind of keeps bringing me back to is like those little nuanced things to just keep peppering in there and you get spaceships you get tons <laughs> of spaceships you can get a, a giant capital ship a freighter you can put your stuff in and then you can get frigates with that so you can actually build yourself a little fleet it's kind of cool hmm. Very nice, nice. Um, I tried one new game this week. Uh, now, mind you, I, I'm going to preface this with I only tried it for a few minutes, but thus far, I'm not impressed. Second Extinction. I haven't heard of that one. I can't say I have either. Uh, you, once I describe it, you'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the one that looks like Left for Dead, but with dinosaurs. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think it's been it in, like, beta for quite a while now, too. Uh, yeah, it just went for, like... Uh, game preview for uh, uh xbox game pass okay. that's how i got to but try it, it. Like beta on steam for a while probably uh, maybe like i think i've seen something but it looks like it's also like jurassic park looking yeah a little bit but it's and the other players play as like the dinosaurs right no it's it's okay. you you're a bunch of hunters with swarms and swarms of dinosaurs so instead of zombies okay. it's dinosaurs Okay, well then the the one I'm thinking of is a different one because you know it's like a multiplayer, but it's a little more asymmetrical. Like you got a team of humans, but then you got like the dinosaurs, and you know there's all the different kinds. Okay, so yeah, I, I am unfamiliar with this then. So I thought you know I'll just jump in. Mind you, I only played like ten fifteen minutes, but it, it left a sour taste in my mouth because you jump in and it's the introduction, and it's a snow blizzard at night so you can't see hardly anything so it's dark and grainy from the Mm get-go and then they say go to these three spots which are like hundreds hundreds of meters away so it's long treks up mountains you can't see the dinosaurs coming at you it's it's not tight fun gunplay it's just kind of generic gotcha It, it just it 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 didn't feel fun it and it part of the fun of left for dead was it's not a lot of puzzle solving it's run you've got a path run it you know yeah this this was like 
if you took a sandbox and said, go to these three points, but then had everything swarming at you like it was Left 4 Dead. Mm. Oh, that's kind of, yeah. Yeah, not the, good. <laughs> no. Like, Left 4 Dead kind of made corridor shooting, like, okay. Like, they, they used it as a tool as opposed to it being the game. Like, the purpose of it was to keep you moving, and they, they did that really well. That It'd be kind of annoying if it was just an open arena. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, literally a mountain people. range. Yeah. So it's not even like a city where it would make sense of like, hey, you got to go here, grab this, and go that to the escape room. You had to like... Yeah, you had to go to like the three laboratories on the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even, I'm sitting here and also just kind of wondering, I mean, I, I am no dinosaur expert or anything, but uh, I, would, I would imagine dinosaurs would avoid cold climates. You know... Because of the whole no fur thing and things like well, that. Well, and that's the other thing is, I it didn't really give me any intro to the plot either, because I get the feeling they're like alien dinosaurs or something. Oh, jeez. Or genetically altered or something. Uh, yeah. That sounds like it would be... This. <laughs> like, Left 4 Dead with dinosaurs sound like it would, it, would, it could be a fun game. If it, it was... Proved Resident Evil with dinosaurs is a cool game. They did. <laughs> What game was that? Uh, oh, Dino Crisis. They made ah. a couple of them. They, they had, had two of them, didn't they? They had, they had three. We don't talk about the third one. <laughs> I think I played the first and a little bit of the second. I don't know if I ever yeah. picked them. The third was an Xbox exclusive. Dropped any pretenses of the first two. And it was in space with jetpacks and genetically altered like alien dinosaurs. It was hot garbage if oh it was the it was sorry go ahead but they probably labeled it you know not even used the dino crisis name you know just called it like you know some generic thing and left any pretenses of dinosaurs out at all it probably would have done better actually but it, it was just the, you know oh, like this is not dino crisis <laughs> it was the jason x of video games for dinosaurs exactly. oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. It makes no sense, and there's no point. <laughs> uh, yeah. So but, I actually have been able to game a bit this week. I finally was able to get some game time in today for a good solid chunk. So nice. I put back in Devil May Cry 5. And as I said, like last podcast, because it had been a while since I played it, and I had only gotten in like three missions in, Mm -hmm. uh, come to find out, you can actually replay the old missions, and so. But also, what's also nice is that it, it keeps all of the <clears throat> upgrades and stats that you have bought. So if you want to do so, so I'm just like okay. So I restarted from the beginning, but you know was you know leveling up with orbs and everything, and I'm enjoying it a lot more this time. And there's times where it's just like. You know, it's great, and I'm finding secrets, and I think I'm being really smart at it, but then there's other times it's just like, how the heck do I get over there? <laughs> because there's, like, times, like, one of the levels is uh, the city that's now, uh, this city that has had, like, a disaster happen to it. And uh, I can get into the plot in a bit, but this area of the city is flooded. And it kind of looks like the flooded city section from near Automata. You know, you got the tops of buildings sticking out of the water. Okay. And I can see buildings in the distance, 
with stuff on it that I know I can grab, but I cannot for the life of me just yet figure out how to get over there. Like, I know there's like a specific hidden path. And it's just like, how do I do this? But then I have already found like a secret uh, thing and like to get a trophy in the first mission and the fourth mission and other stuff. And it's just like, okay, I'm not an idiot, but why can I not figure out, you know, but I'm really enjoying it. The action's as great as ever, and uh, I really like the, um, they are having uh, three playable characters in this one. And uh, since I have the special uh, edition, I will unlock the the fourth one as well. Um, But uh, so far, it is focusing again on uh, the other protagonist, Nero, who appeared first in Devil May Cry 4. And I know they do that because... Plot-wise, you know, Dante is, you know, a superpower, and so I don't think they want to do the uh, how are we going to depower him this time trope each time. So it's just kind of like, oh, well, you'll get to play with him eventually, and he'll have all of his powers then. But until that point, you've got to play as, you know, Nero, and or you got to play as the new character, B. I've also unlocked V finally for play. He is interesting. How so? Um, okay, uh, you know how Dante and Nero, oh, we have a gun and swords and we attack directly. V summons like familiars, like familiar demons, and those attack for you. So hmm. you can push the buttons for like, you know, like the sword attack button causes his like panther demon to attack and do all these slashes and stuff whereas his shooting uh the the gun button has his like crow familiar fire you know like lightning bursts and stuff like that but while they are attacking enemies you can be running around wherever you want so it's just this kind of weird dichotomy but it's also really easy with him to rack up some like crazy combos because i'm just sitting there and i'm literally hitting both the gun button and the uh attack button at the same time so both the demons are attacking at the same time so it's just like mash 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 it's just <laughs> both go nuts and then it's just like stylish yes <laughs> so nice. yep but i i find like you know i got far enough along that i'm starting to piece together the plot even though Devil May Cry has, you know, kind of been one of those series where, you know, they hint that there's a lot of lore, but the narrative doesn't do a great job necessarily of filling it all in at times. Yeah, so that's a series I never stuck with. I think I played the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I played and finished that one. I don't think I really stuck with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually never played. I, I played a tiny bit of of Double Make Right Five at the beginning, but I haven't played through any of the games yet. So, I, I enjoy them uh, for sure. I've played through one, three, four, and I'm going to be playing through five. I haven't bothered touching two because everyone's like, "This game is terrible." So I just haven't bothered. And even then, like, I think I told you on that first podcast when I you know mentioned that I had started. They have a history of Devil May Cry video to let you know. The plot of the series up to that point there's just like one section where it's like and then dante had several other adventures and it 
shows pictures of the anime, and it shows pictures of the manga, and then it shows Devil May Cry too, and then that's all they say about it. <laughs> so okay. it's, just, it's literally a footnote in the plot for them now. Yeah, that, that's a series I'll have to try, especially if he, he's still a rumored uh, Smash Bros. character. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Because <laughs> that's I what Smash needs. Another yeah, another, another anime fight. sword fighter. Yep, yep. Now, if they're going to do an an, another anime sword fighter, I, I would have to say they need Lloyd Irving, because I still think Namco needs another character for representation. But I suppose I, we'll find out by E3. I, I, I still say it's going to be Heihachi. Oh, Heihachi would be fun too. That that's that is that is my guess for Bandai Namco representation. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm really see. trying to think. Aside from Pac-Man, who is their icon? Who else do they really have? Who is truly iconic? I mean, uh, oh, oh, they could also go with someone from Soul Calibur. They could, but. <laughs> I'm still unhappy with Soul Calibur. <laughs> okay, someone from Soul Calibur 2. <laughs> okay, that's better. Yeah, we'll get Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong fighting game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I could see someone like Cassandra. Possibly. Sophia, probably even more. So. Oh, Sophia, yeah. Or yeah. Uh, just Nightmare. If you need a new <laughs> villain. That would be cool character. having Nightmare in. So, I've got a bit of a slight gaming gripe with this week, and I, I, my issue is with the fandoms that, you know, form these, like, cults of personality around them. So Look, we all have issues with the Sonic fandom. Uh, it wasn't the Sonic <laughs> fandom, it was the Zelda fandom, all right? Oh. So, you all uh, have seen that uh, figurine that I 3D printed and mm-hmm. am working on and finally finished, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, here's the, my question. Is there anything distasteful about that statue except the one obvious one? Okay, Did I'll say there, there is one obvious one. Yeah. But, look, and look. you already commented on it on your, on your page. No, I, I, don't, I don't know what assets you could be talking about, Dave. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. No, no. Okay, so for our listeners, uh, I... Uh, purchased uh, the 3D model files from an artist on CG Trader. And he made a lovely Zelda statue. But I will say, it is, and I would hope you guys agree with this, it's styled to be more like the 50s pinup girls, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I would say I would say that's more what it's going for, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I will be the first to admit that clearly this version of Zelda has prayed at the altar of Sir Mix-a-Lot. So, and she is very endowed in with a posterior, but that's it. She's fully clothed, everything else. And so uh, I liked it. And I actually uh, collect, like, I've got a bunch of books of, like, you know, the 50s pinup girls, like, from the World War II bombers and stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. it's cool. Uh, I love uh, Gil Elfgreen, Alberto Vargas, and stuff like that. So, you know, it was right up my alley. Legend of Zelda, pinup girl. Yeah, why not? So I printed it, and I did a really good job, I felt. So much so that the artist uh, was just like, wow, that is the best assembly and paint job I've ever seen. Can I please use this for uh, to show my customers? And I'm just like, yes, of course, you can do that. 
So, and then I posted it on Facebook, and, you know, I got all the wonderful comments from you guys, uh, including the other ones where we all had a good laugh at, you know, where we were just discussing, oh, my God, Becky. <laughs> and, um, but anyway, I go on to the Zelda forum on Reddit, and I post the pictures of this, you know, and just like, you know, this is a 3D printed statue that, you know, I, I put together, I made, and I printed and painted. And they ripped me apart. Really? And they could not get past the fact that, yes, she has a posterior on her. Uh, I had one person say, that is an excellent paint job, but clearly you have issues. Uh, that is really gross. And uh, there was even one guy who went so far as to ask me if I had to let my neighbors know about me when I move in next door because clearly I'm a pedophile as I have made a completely sexually explicit figurine of an underage girl. And I'm just like, I don't understand you people sometimes. What, what did I do wrong here? Well, first and, off, first off, how is she underage? She very much seems like she's in her 20s in that game. She's supposed to be technically 17, but then again, also, she ages 100 years in that game, too. So finally, this guy is, like, ramming into me. And luckily, I do have people coming to my defense. It's just like, dude, it's a video game. No, it's an underage girl, you know, 14 years old. If he doesn't see anything wrong with that, you know, he should seek help. And so finally, at this point with this guy, I'm just like, okay, look. One, I didn't design the, the figure. If you've got a problem with the style of the 50s pinup stuff, talk to the original artist. Two, if we want to get technical, Zelda is seven, uh, over 100 years old in uh, Breath of the Wild. Three, if we want to get even more technical, Zelda isn't real. And then final point that I made, and I was just lastly, I'm like, I am happy and very proud of, you know, the work I put into this because this is the first time I've really done something like this, you know, with a 3D printer and making a statue like that, that I was really impressed with like kind of how far my skills had progressed in that regard. And I've even already had people like send me messages about commissions for me to make one for them. Oh wow. So I'm really happy with the work that I put into that. I think you should perhaps look into your own issues and seeking help for them because all I can infer from your comments is that you are such a simping white knight that you have to defend the chastity of a fictional character. And uh, it just I, I had had enough by that point. So it's just I, I don't know what the internet bandwagon will do at times. It's just like, and some of it I can tell was pure like jealousy. And even like, you know, I had one person also personally message me just like, look, apparently the Zelda forum is absolutely notorious for, you know, being jealous of, you know, people who get cool stuff. And I'm just kind of like, okay, stay away from the Zelda forum. We can't all just be fans. We have to all be, you know, notorious crunk. But I just was like, look, I'm the first to admit she's got a butt. But at the same time, though, sexually explicit, no. That is downright tame. <laughs> I teach high school. I have seen some stuff. 
that I would like to wipe my brain of completely. You know, this is nowhere near that. <laughs> Was it something they didn't like with the photo? I know you, like, and you had posted it when you were first assembling it where it just showed her posterior as you were trying to, and you were making, making a joke about like, God, God, they designed this. Was that photo on there at all? Cause they, I'm wondering if the guy may have seen that photo and been like, what are you doing? Posting pictures of her, like of her behind. Like, what no, are you doing? It was those, uh, like five that I posted. Yeah. Those five that I posted when I finished and listeners, I will post those in our Facebook as well. And I guess you can be the judge of me there, but it was a front view, a face view, a back view, a picture of the little frog that is on a rock uh, as part of the base of the figure, and then a picture of the flower that uh, it's one of those silent princess flowers that are rare in the game, you know, mm-hmm. depict royalty. So, you know, that's all, you know, there. And, you know, I just, you know, I literally thought that's all. It was just like 1950 pinup. That is all I was thinking with this. <laughs> And I just don't. I'm yeah. like, I'm sexually explicit. I, I, it's Reddit. Have you been on the internet that long? <laughs> yeah, it, it's some weird stuff out there. <laughs> it's Reddit. I mean, and they have a Breath of the Wild forum. Maybe I think they're a little more laid back. I don't know if that'll be give you better results. But yeah, they Reddit's hit and miss. Depends on depends on whatever forum you're you're going into. Oh, I know. Well, my theory is is it's kind of like senators or other politicians who are so against something that later come out that you know they're the biggest advocates for it in their personal life yeah like Mm -hmm. every every republican that votes against homosexuality comes out at some point or (laughs) hello senator graham it's great to listen (laughs) great you're listening to us (laughs) so it's i i wouldn't take it too personally because these are just I'm people. Not to, but the thing was that you know he's just like you know calling me literally, like you know, just the fact that you know like I'm a pedophile or something, and I'm like, uh, no, absolutely not, gross, and just that 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 hit me in the feels a lot, you know, and it's just you know I can brush off the other ones. Oh, that's gross. Well, okay, I could care what you think, you know, uh, you know. That's an excellent paint job, but clearly you have issues. Well, that's a backhanded comment if I've ever heard one, but whatever, you know. But then I, I did have a lot of people like, like one guy got on there and he's like, and, and I will bleep myself. Yo, mother, bleep him. Like he designed the figure. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Listen to all these stupid honkies. <laughs> uh so that 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 was like my gaming gripe of the week. It's just also that like these fandoms, you know, it, it, and it and it can be talked in general, but some of them have these such these weird sacred cows that you, you know, you can't touch. And I guess I found one of the lesser deities this week that I offended when I, you know, I made a '50s pinup style Zelda figure, and I'm just like, have you seen the internet? There is this thing called Rule Thirty Four. I'm going to leave it at that. Kids, don't Google search that. Yeah, don't. Uh, if you're under 18, don't Google search that. If you're over, if you're 18, over 18, don't Google search that. <laughs> just, well, if you're just, over 18, you can make your own decisions. <laughs> my recommendation is don't. Yeah. Or, yeah. or search your name, the hedgehog. 
Uh, I'm glad you're it didn't s- involve. Well, here's the thing: there are no sacred cows in the Sonic fan community. <laughs> uh, but I just, yeah. I just found that one so weird. It's just like, how dare you defy our princess? I'm like, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> like really, weebs? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Hold, yeah. hold on. Where was this righteous, you know, anger with Bowsette? Oh, I know exactly. <laughs> I know, and and, uh, and 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 then all the other ones they made with like the one from that's a boo and one that's a piranha plant. Uh, whoa, whoa, wait, what? A piranha plant? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I didn't. I, 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 I heard about the boo. I did not hear about the piranha plant. So you know, the Bowsette thing, um, I found it funny, but you know, then like my students started asking me about, it. have you heard about Bowsette? Uh, just because I have some weeb students, I do. I love them. I love my students dearly, but some of them have just like, and they know that some things weird me out. So they're like, Mister hmm, McCausen, what's your opinion on furries? Stop talking. <laughs> Are you sure? I hate you right now. <laughs> Shut up. Can't discuss it on school grounds. Go away. Exactly. Well, Mr. I'm not McCullough, allowed to say those words. So I can have that thing called plausible deniability. <laughs> so, I just, you know, it, it just, you know, it was just, you know, so depressing because I put so much effort into that. And then, you know, all my friends and family loved it. And then, you know, I had had some stuff that I had put online, you know, art stuff that I had done, uh, like a the arcade sign that I made for my basement, which, you know, exploded on mm-hmm. the internet. And that, that, like, that, like, got me a lot of, like, potential commissions of people, like, shooting me messages. There were probably at least 20 of them. And then there was, like, over 50,000 likes on that thing. So it was just like, I wonder if that'll happen again. <laughs> no, <laughs> no good deed goes unpunished this time. Well- like I said, there's more than one like Legend of Zelda subreddit. Like you could get downloaded on that one, and then another one picks it up, and they're like, "Dude, that's awesome!" Like if they're just not. Oh yeah, and also I was wondering, it's just kind of like if this was any other character, you would not care. And yeah. even we, you know, even Nintendo's hands are not clean in this scenario because they very clearly in Breath of the Wild gave Zelda a posterior. Tyler even used it as a joke for the front uh, opening title card for the last podcast we posted. Because apparently yeah. Zelda's butt now has Wi-Fi. <laughs> so it was simply, it was just also referencing that scene. But if this had been Samus Aaron, no one would have cared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I would say if they're that offended, and and, I, and again, we all agree that there is definitely uh, some definition there. And we all acknowledge it, and I think, and you acknowledge it when you when you post that stuff. And like, if if that person's that offended by that, then they are they probably should be or are offended by honestly a lot of female gaming characters. That's been, a, I mean, it's been a complaint with female gaming characters is because a lot of them do have that kind of a feature and it's not practical and mm-hmm. it's all justified, but that person's probably not complaining about the other ones. I guess that's, that's my yeah, point. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm sorry. I offended your Puritan sensibilities. I printed out and made a statue of a fully clothed character who just has a defined shape. 
<laughs> you know what this kind of reminds me of? This kind of reminds me of the mentality of teaching girls to not get raped versus teaching guys to don't rape. Yeah. You know, they're, they're essentially... I thought you were going to comment on the uh, Tracer controversy with the beginning of Overwatch, you know, before yeah. it even came out. And even then, I saw the pose that they were referencing, and I'm like, What's the problem here? I, I, yeah. I'm not well, finding one. They don't want women, rather fictional or real, to show themselves that way because it's leading to trouble. Well, it's only being trouble because you're Jack a something. Or, yeah, yes. because there are terrible human beings that will do terrible things. Mm, and, yeah. <laughs> Instead of being comfortable with our bodies, male or female, or any any other uh, on the spectrum, mm -hmm. we are taught to be ashamed and to hide everything. If we keep going down this path, everyone's going to be wearing a freaking parka. Mm -hmm. Well, you know? but I am ashamed of my body because I've seen it in the mirror getting out of the shower. It's something to be ashamed. <laughs> the psoriasis doesn't help. <laughs> first off you shouldn't be ashamed but even going on that that path that is your choice you are, are you choosing that for yourself no one else should shame you for it though hmm. yeah 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 no i get yeah, we we do need a bit more body positivity you know and then it's also so weird because it's just you know we get dichotomy so so many times why is it like tracer couldn't have that pose but then yet Bayonetta is considered, you know, like, almost like, was almost considered a Empowered. feminism. Icon. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just, you could, you could arguably make the, that, that she's even worse, you know, than anything uh, we've just described. I didn't mean for this to become, you know, like, welcome to our TED talk about uh, the uh, depiction of females in uh, video games. But uh, that's where we went with this. <laughs> well, at well, the end of the day, it's just one guy on, on the subreddit. Like, everybody else, like, even the people that didn't like it, they were just like, oh, gross, or oh, I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, fine. Like, it's just one guy that went to the extreme. So. Oh, yeah. But, you know, oh, it, yeah. this kind of brings up an interesting point, though, because no one ever talks about body shaming for, for guys and things. I mean, mm -hmm. does everyone remember hot dad beard Ryu from Street Fighter Five? Yeah, they even made action figures of him, and the box is labeled. Hot yeah, that, that, there's muscles on muscles on muscles in that dude, and no one blinks an eye for you know body shaming him for his you know how he looks and how he poses. Mm -hmm. They're only doing it for women, which is so sexist. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I agree, and uh, it's just. It, it's just I don't understand the. It's just weird how the hive mind works sometimes. It's like you can almost describe the internet like they describe the death in Mass Effect. You know, the closer they are to each other, you know, there's sometimes a a straight thought will eventually, you know, pull through with a collective consciousness. But it's just kind of like the the weird stuff. It's like why does Mario have nipples? I have a better question. Why does Mario not have a belly button? You know, he wears his shorts too high. Oh, okay. So he, he just he just pulls them up real good. Oh, he urkles his pants, guy. Yep. <laughs> um, 
but it's just you know weird stuff like that and it's just you know and and some things you know i think you know we've come a long way but in other times you know I, it's just like i said it's just like i'm sorry i offended your puritan views <laughs> uh let me get you know my black and white outfit on and my hat with my belt buckle on it you know and uh, we'll get back to business as usual <laughs> Uh, but not made too many belt buckles, otherwise you get into all other fetish. Oh yeah, we get like Reiko, <laughs> you know, from uh, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> okay, did you see? I did watch the movie. I saw okay. the movie. Okay, and uh, after you, I was sitting there watching it, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's Reiko. And I noticed that they did do the eye patterns. I'm like, okay, I see what they're going. And then I remembered your nickname for him that week, and it was uh, just call me S and M Daddy. And I'm just, <laughs> yep. <laughs> That is absolutely who you are. <laughs> okay. Watching my... Okay, because I watched it with my folks. My folks came over for dinner. We had like a taco kind of event party that night. And we sat down and we watched it. And my mom watched it with us. Oh, my. And her reactions were amazing. I almost feel like I need to give HBO Max more money just because some of the things I got out of her. But at the beginning of the movie, um, with the scene, she was getting really into it. You know, you know, we, we've got Hanzo Hisashi, who clearly has you know, a wife and a son and a daughter. And then, you know, suddenly he comes back and his wife and child have been stabbed through and are frozen. And then you just hear my mom, the comment from my mom. <laughs> you oh that bleep and bleep words that rhyme with trucking gastard <laughs> yep that truck uh, blaster <laughs> it was so like did, a seven minute setup for a great punchline from my mom Just did she have funny reactions with like the fatalities. She, there was one point that was just like I forget who did it, but someone, and it's funny because Johnny Cage isn't in the movie, but I think it was the Sub Zero Scorpion fight. And isn't there a part where one of them just jacks the other in the nuts? At, like one point in the fight. Not the same way, I don't think, but I think there was like a but it's like pretty much like a, a shot like that. <laughs> She's just like, oh. Well, no more kids for him, you know. <laughs> I'll like say I brought it up because if if she does like have funny reactions with like the grotesque violence, you should show her the Raid Redemption. Oh, <laughs> and the sequel. <laughs> oh wow, no. Um, but otherwise, you know, it was pretty good. But then it's just like my parents did have comments with the fatalities, like the hat fatality for Kung Lao. <laughs> it's like, Whoop. That'll do it. <laughs> that that All was right, fantastic. Dad, thank you. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I I oh, think my... I love the movie. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, on the one hand, there I did have a couple uh, gripes with it. My only thing was that, like, um, you know, Jack's got the mechanical arms through magic as opposed to, you know. You know, the, you know, getting them mechanically. 
And mm -hmm. I'm just sitting there looking at the arms that are all these high tech, you know, really good looking stuff. And I'm just like, magic doesn't make stuff like that. <laughs> I, I probably would have been more okay if the arms looked like the originals from Mortal Kombat 3, you know, where it's just... The pure cold. metal? Yeah. If it looked like... Uh, uh, what was that movie with uh, the RZA, The Man with the Iron Fists? Mm. Yeah, mm. if it was more like that, I probably would have been like, oh, okay, yeah. The, the, the RZA, Dave. He's called the, the RZA. RZA on Tari. <laughs> Again, I'm a honky, so... <laughs> Yeah. I yep, think my yep, favorite yep. I think my favorite part from that movie was at the very beginning so Hanzo's doing that fight right and there's one dude running into the house and he just throws the sword <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep. it's like how, how does that work yep. <laughs> really well apparently <laughs> right right that was what was so fun. Like it was just campy enough to be a convincing Mortal Kombat movie and but that, that was solid I thought no, it was cool at the time while watching it, but in retrospect, it's like, why did Goro show up in a garage? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, the place, you know. <laughs> I mean, why not? We're just gonna, all right, we're just gonna go with the flow here, okay? So <laughs> let's let's talk about this movie here and full spoilers, okay? okay. I want to talk about the characters. Who was your favorite character? Let's start with Phil. That's a loaded question because I, not my favorite character. I didn't hate what they did with Cole Young though. Hmm. Okay. So, but I would say I I was like I was gonna say Scorpion. I actually like the guy that played Scorpion, and I I he he'll show up in martial arts movies, and he'll show up. He was in uh like um Avengers Endgame. Fifty eight mm -hmm. years old. I, I could not believe that. I didn't realize old? he was that. Fifty eight. Oh, 50. I thought you said 78. I'm like, nah, I did not realize that. No, 50, yeah. He's been, so I looked him up on IMDb. He's been in like several Japanese action movies. And what I really, so Mortal Kombat, for what they did with the campiness, they, they got the martial arts right, in my opinion, because they brought in everybody. They brought in, one of the guys in that movie was from The Raid. They brought in him, that's the guy that played Scorpion, and then, um, I can't remember who else, but there were two guys from 47 Ronin who were known for doing Japanese action movies. So they had that side of uh, that Japanese martial arts in there. Mm -hmm. Two of the guys are from Jackie Chan's stunt team. Mm -hmm. um, so they, they brought in several different systems and actually got, got, got it right from what I could tell. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, I, I, I study martial arts. I, I know a little bit. I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm like a, a grand expert, but there was a lot of pieces there. That they kind of threw in there. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And I so, really liked uh, how also you know they had the multicultural aspect represented, whereas in the original films, you know, it, it was pretty whitewashed. But yeah. you know, this time it's just like uh, Sub Zero is a Chinese guy, Scorpion's a Japanese guy. Um, so is Liu Kang and Kung Lao. Raiden, a Japanese actor? I'm not I wasn't sure. sure. I wasn't sure. Of indeterminate uh, Asian heritage. <laughs> right. But he did an excellent job. And then uh, I think the guy playing Kano was actually Australian this time. <laughs> and not an English guy pretending to be Australian. No, that was just Sonya pretending to be American. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. In the original movie, Trevor Goddard, the guy who played Kano, he, he's born in England. <laughs> oh. 
There is no Australia to him at all. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's why it sounded a little more Cockney than Australian in the first movie. Mm -hmm. Dave, your favorite character. My favorite character. I gotta agree with Phil. I didn't dislike what they did with Cole Young. Um, I would have liked it, however, if like they would have made him out to be one of the characters from the game. I think. Before this, you know, when we had heard, oh, there's going to be this new character, you had the theory. Well, I think Cole Young is his real name, but actually he's going to start going by his stage name of Johnny Cage. I thought that would have been appropriate, actually. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think now they're probably going to try and get a bigger name for someone to play, actually play Johnny Cage, possibly, for a sequel. And that's probably actually the better way, in my opinion, to have a bigger have it like let's have an actual big name in Hollywood play a big name Hollywood character in in the mm-hmm. game the movie. So, so after we go around this, I want to play who should play Johnny Cage. But go on, Dave. Okay. Um. You know, I I could not even really think of anyone who I I. You know, it's hard to pick. I mean, there were so many. They all all of the actors played their roles the best they could and that was more so i really don't really have a favorite just because you know i really just appreciated everybody i mean even the minor characters that you know are there to die you know they still tried to play them with the best um you know kind of grace and sensibility to the character from the game and so you know that's why it was so cool also to see some of these characters um and then also just some of the stuff they did though and at first you're like, is this going to tie into the game somehow? And then like, for me, it was Melina and all she had was the sharp teeth and mm-hmm. like the bloody patches next to her mouth. But then at the end, when she opens up her mouth that way and the, it just starts ripping and yeah. tearing, I'm like, that is so gross, but so gross. <laughs> uh, and uh, no, I was just, I was very happy with what I did. Again, I just, you know, some of the arcana you know, magic stuff again. It's just kind of like you know, really. Uh, I could, I could do it a, a better. I could accept it better when they did that same thing in Mortal Kombat 11. But then I was also kind of like, well, they're dealing with Kronika, who can, who's a master of time. She can pull technology out of anywhere she wants. So, right. You know, that's why I was okay with Jax getting like these, you know, crazy Kronika tech arms because it's just like, oh, she went to the future and stole stuff. Got it. Okay. You know, yeah. But oh, I got them magically. Uh, then why do they look like that with cables and everything? I'm not gonna lie though, baby arm jacks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> little T Rex arm jacks. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tyler, what was your favorite character? So it's tied between two, and they are smaller characters. Really? But I think I've got to go with Kung Lao. Yeah, that's a good choice. Kung Lao just had that arrogance to him. Especially that conversation Mm. with Kano, that just, oh, chef kiss, just... That was pretty good. (laughs) And, you know, he was, he played, he was the best representation I think they could have had for Kung Lao. Someone who's mm-hmm. like, I'm the of the great Kung Lao, and mm-hmm. just was cocky as all get out, thinking he was the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's the one that dies. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I just thought they did him extremely well. And then I thought they did Cabal. I never thought I would like yeah. Cabal in a movie. Mm-hmm. And just his voice actor. You know, just yeah. like dude with an eye or something. You know, he's the reason I got this yeah. mask on. He had to do it all with the voice because there is no emotion coming from that face. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cabal was a really good character in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, yep, yep. I I really appreciated how they played him. Mm-hmm. So now let's play the game of who should play Johnny Cage. <laughs> <laughs> the, the internet's already playing this, so we're just jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, I've heard rumors they're trying to get Keanu to do it. And, oh, okay. Uh, there's also, um, uh, is it Scott Marston who played uh, Cyclops and is in the Sonic the Hedgehog movies? Yeah. I mean, he certainly kind of looks the part. But... Uh, James Marston, I th- is that his name? Oh, James, James Marston, yes. Yeah. James, yes. Thank you. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I've never seen him in like a fighting movie or anything. So. Yeah. He didn't really fight a whole lot in X-Men. No. No. He didn't. He didn't do much in X-Men when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was the best powder in that movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he could I think he has the look for Johnny Cage and I think he could do the personality. They would just have to train him. Mm-hmm. I, I think he'd probably be a good be an okay see, choice if they got him trained up. You see, mm-hmm. I think he's too straight faced for it. I think he's someone with a larger than life persona. I was thinking somebody like Chris Evans for because he played he played a similar character to that when he was in Scott Pilgrim. He played kind of an arrogant skateboarder, yeah. but he, he he has he can do that large personality. And again, he'd yeah. have to be trained up. But yeah, and, and Fantastic Four when he was the human. Yeah. Did you guys watch uh, Knives Out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he did, I think he did have a great personality for that. See, for yeah. me. Two names popped up in my head. Now, they're not necessarily known for fight scenes, but they are known for looking ripped. Ryan Reynolds. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just having that cocky, yeah. And then Joel McHale, who's actually the voice of Johnny Cage in the uh, Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge animated film. Ah, uh, Okay. I don't. I think Ryan Reynolds has the personality, but it would. He would basically. I'd be afraid it would basically turn into shirtless Deadpool. Like, I can see that. Could, yeah, because yeah. it's the same. Because it's kind. It's kind of the same arrogant personality and sense of humor, and he like, he could do it. Mm-hmm. But because he'd already done Deadpool, it, it it may end up being too close. In my opinion, that that's. Uh, and there's, so there's that's, some things. It's just Ryan Reynolds brings to a role that it just sometimes. You know, I don't feel it fits, you know. Johnny Cage has an inflated ego, but at the same time, when it's, you know, it's martial arts time, he he can get serious. Whereas with Ryan Reynolds' characters in his movies, I've never really seen him do that. I mean, even in, like, you know, he brought, like, the part of his personality to uh, Green Lantern, and that's also one of the reasons why I think the Green Lantern movie, in my opinion, that was just absolutely terrible was because, you know, Hal Jordan is not, he can be a smart aleck, but he's not a full-blown, you know, smart aleck. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, 
you know, it's just, you know, like in that opening scene when he's just like waking up in bed with the, the stranger girl and he's just like, oh, there's a water in the tap. And I'm like, no, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not Green Lantern. <laughs> so what are you guys' thoughts on like Joel McHale then? Uh, if he got ripped, I don't know. I mean, uh, Zachary Levy got ripped to play Shazam and did an amazing job. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's true. I I wouldn't be against it. I don't think, especially if he played the character before, he'd be familiar with it, and he, I think he's the right age. I think he'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if he played like washed up actor Johnny Cage. Like people don't yeah. respect me anymore, yeah. but still has the yeah. ego from when he was hot stuff. Yeah, he's doing Ninja Mime, you know. <laughs> right. Well, he's. Yeah. I mean, the poster of the movie was for Citizen Caged. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he's now in the Steven Seagal part of his career. If yes. It bad, that would, be that would actually, that'd be kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he could replace the Kano character as the comic relief. I have a feeling that Kano's not fully dead because he was probably the most entertaining character of that movie. Yeah. yeah I would I agree with that. Not, I have not read a review that does not mention him at all yet so yeah. i think they would you know be foolish not to bring him back now they yeah. you know they could do that easily because in mortal Kombat, you know de- no one stays metal. dead long well you yeah. know this would give an excuse to give the metal plate exactly yeah how'd you get I that metal like, plate that uh, <laughs> you pointed out though they have a reptile fight but they gave him a different name and did call him the reptilian you know yeah. so no. um, Okay, I'm hoping there is actually reptile. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, so, all around it was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Final question for the movie. So obviously there's going to be a sequel. Mm-hmm. What character would you want to see in the sequel based on the first movie? Oh, like just coming back, or as a new character? New character. Let's do, let's go new oh. character. Um, hmm. Hmm. I think about I would, that for a second. I would not rush this, um, but I would like to see the other members of the Lin Kuei. I would like to see how they would do because they made Sub Zero and Scorpion the ancient rivals version from like the Legacy web series, mm-hmm. whereas that is not how they were ever really depicted in the game series. Unless like they were, unless they're ever going to go in and retcon it. Oh, they were just unnaturally long lived, you know. But so I would like to see how are you going to do Sub Zero the second? You know, now he clearly needs to be a descendant of uh, Bihan. I would love to see uh, Smoke, and I would love to see uh, Sector and Cyrax in their human forms. Mm-hmm. I would wait until like further down the line before I bother with any robot ninja stuff just yet. I I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, although I could see them do being like you know versus old school Linkway, they can be mm-hmm. modern ninjas with you know tech smoke yeah. bombs and whatnot. Yeah, they could start hinting at it, you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then get a rebuild like a ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. I th- I think if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd probably go with Smoke. I think I'm with you on that, with that, Dave. I think he'd be a really cool character to bring to the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it would also just be kind of cool to see the dynamic because, you know, Sub- 
Sub-Zero the Elder was the evil one, whereas Kwai Liang was the good one. I would like to see them bring back um, the actor who played Sub-Zero, and I know he is signed for like five movies technically, and they did hint at it in the final fight between Sub-Zero and Scorpion. He ditches the blue outer armor of his outfit mm-hmm. for a completely black suit underneath. And that follows the plot that the original Sub-Zero becomes Noob Saibot. Yep. You know? So I would love to see, you know, the original fight, you know, the descendant, you know, Sub-Zero the second as well. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I, I think that'd be fantastic. Uh, Noob Saibot mm-hmm. is just one of the best characters in my book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think me... one of the best characters... Um, evolved over time because his original status as a secret character was a bit crap though well, yes <laughs> yes but he's a shadow ultimate world combat three noob cybot yeah he started getting better then a little better and then a little better and then finally it was just like oh that's why he's like that <laughs> see for me i'm i'm thinking uh you know, you guys make great points with Sector Cyrax Smoke. Um, I'd love to see Quan Chi. I'd love to see the Nether Realm get into it a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, we had the briefest of glimpses at it, and it looked a lot like the game's depiction. So mm-hmm. that would be kind of cool to see. And and can we get the actor who played Kratos in the most recent God of War to play? Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. And just at some point, I want him to yell at Scorpion just going, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Good times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have delayed. We've gone off of a, off the script here. <laughs> Do we want to get back to the topic we were going to talk about? <laughs> I mean, we're already an hour in. Uh, we can... I say- Let's let's do it relatively faster. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the main topic we're gonna do tonight is when do you know it's the right time to jump into the next gen? Buy a new console. Mm-hmm. So right yeah. now, full disclosure, uh Phil and myself have not gotten any of the new uh consoles. Dave has gotten a PS5. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, so, and I luck I will admit I lucked into that. I really did. Uh I think I said on the podcast, you know, it was the night that I presented to the school board for the Rocket League team, and we did exceptionally well, uh, got everything good to go, and, you know, I was riding high on a wave of, you know, positivity, came home, GameStop, you know, dings on my phone, and so I'm, I'm just watching Rick and Morty and just refreshing my phone to see if I could actually, you know, get something, and I did. You know, that was that was just how it happened. Uh, I haven't bothered with uh, any of the others just yet, and even then, with the PS5, the only reason also I'm think I was like uh, okay is because one, I can still play all my PS4 games on it, and two, I can get the upgraded PS5 versions of those four games. Yep. Okay. But so other than yeah. No, I was gonna Go say, let, let's kind of start with Phil here. Phil, what holds you back? What do you need to see before you jump into the next gen? 
So a big thing for me is I, I don't like getting consoles when they first come out because of the incidents with like the Red Ring of Death on the Xbox mm. 360. Mm. Um, I don't think that's really been an issue since then, but I do notice there's a lot of quality of life stuff that they make, that they change and improve within the first six months of the next gen coming out. Mm. So, uh, so I would say whenever they get the kinks out, so I'd say within maybe not – first year but like going into the second year they've been out so like i'll probably start looking to get one this fall or close to it mm -hmm. uh, the other thing and this is actually this is not something i've always done but this is something i'm doing for this generation is trying to get through some of my backlog because mm -hmm. um, i i have i've talked about this before i have a tendency to play online games where you really are never ending and like i like i mentioned mm -hmm. earlier i play sandbox games where you just keep building and crafting there's no you can't roll credits on these things mm -hmm. um and so I'm trying to get through my backlog because there was a lot of games that I was actually missing. So I'm like, well, before I get to new games that are coming out, let's see if I can go back to some single-player games I've been wanting to play and try to work through those as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the main thing is, like, how many how many issues are they having and are they going to work out any kinks? I, I, usually there isn't an issue with content. There's usually enough games that are going to come out eventually. Uh, so I'm not I'm less worried about it. Like, now I can always get it and then just have it and then it'll eventually come out, but then I don't want to have something when there's not very many games, and then all these bugs are wrong with it. I end up getting a first-gen that has a faulty motherboard and it crashes in two years when the new games are coming out. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you, Phil, because this generation is a little bit different, where the new generation is actually enhancing the old games. Case mm -hmm. in point, a lot of games on uh, the Xbox Series X are getting that FPS boost. Mm -hmm. Um as an example, that Mass Effect uh, Trilogy remaster that's about to come out, they just announced that on the Xbox Series X, that's going to run at 4K 120 frames per second. Um, they, they upgraded uh, Oblivion from you know early 360 to solid 60 FPS. There are now 97 games on the Xbox Series X that have gotten that FPS boost. Wow. Does that impact your purchasing look? Not really, honestly. The main reason for that is because they may be remastering it, but and I've fallen for this before. They're improving the resolution and they're improving this the frame rate, so that makes it look a little smoother. It doesn't change the fact that it's dated graphics. It's gonna still be unless they're completely remaking the game and updating it to current generation uh, graphics engines. I, it doesn't really like yeah it's good and it's fun i don't know that i buy it at release maybe something to buy later on down the road when it's on sale but i honestly i always feel like remasters like that are kind of gimmicky so quick time out here these aren't remasters they're taking the 360 game and just by the system updating it there's no patch no purchase i'm confused so like if you already own the game you can put it into the xbox and then it okay. the system will uh, run it at sixty or one hundred twenty right. frames per second. Okay, that does change it. I, I still say though, it's it's not. I don't get as impressed when they're just smoothing out like a, a current graphics setup. I mean, like I said, it's great. If I ever want to replay it, it'll probably be on the the smoother graphics mm -hmm. uh, on the graphics interface. But I, it's like yeah, it's okay. It's fun to do, but it's not going to. I don't want to buy an Xbox Series X so I can replay old games that I'm not really playing or planning on playing right now. But yeah, I, I do agree that it's that it's a fun thing to put in there. It just doesn't affect mm -hmm. my thing. Okay. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. 
I'd say for me, the big thing is there has to be three to five games or experiences coming out on the new console that is exclusive to that console for me to justify buying it. So as an example here, right now the PS5, we've got Returnal that's coming out, mm-hmm. uh, Final Fantasy VII Intergrade, which is coming yeah. out, um, and uh, Guilty Gear Strive, which I know it's coming to PC as well, but there's not going to be as many players on PC. I'm wanting mm-hmm. that online community on the PS5. That's an experience that I can only have on the PS5. Yeah. So that's three right there for me. So it's it's starting to add up. It's just not there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's valid. And you see, for me, I, I do think enhancing older games is a selling point for me as well. Like, I've been really debating between the PS5 or the Series X because there's so many games I play on my one still that would get a huge boost. Monster Hunter uh, World Iceborne that we were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. On the Series X, it plays at 60 frames 4K. Solid. No drop. That is a huge change in the game that changes how the game feels. Not just how it looks, but how it feels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where things get kind of interesting for me. Mm -hmm. I really care about frames per second more than resolution. Because it's all about the experience and the responsiveness. If I feel like I'm being sluggish with my controls... Nothing mm-hmm. will throw me off faster. Case in point, mm-hmm. Bloodborne. I recognize it's a great game, but <laughs> I don't feel that it's responsive enough where I feel there's a direct correlation to my attack and the action. There's attacks at Monster Hunter that take a long time too, but I feel like there's a direct correlation from when I press it to when it starts doing mm-hmm. its thing. Mm-hmm. There's a consistency there. Yeah, like you know, it's going to take exactly this long for the attack. The attack can complete, mm-hmm. and you can time it based on that. I, I that was yeah, that was something we both agreed on with Bloodborne. Timing of it was just off. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, don't look at me because I've been, I, I don't have a set of rules anymore. It seems like um, for the longest time, I was pretty terrible in that. I, you know. I had to have it, you know, when it came out, and uh, um, I kind of grew out of that phase at least a good bit because I did have two Xbox 360s Red Ring on me, uh, in, one of which in, I was able to get, you know, refunded uh, and replaced by Microsoft. But the second one, you know, I wasn't, so I was out of pocket for that myself. So, and then you know, we both really suffered from the launch of the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. Um, you know, I, I am happy to have the Wii U, but, you know, could I have certainly waited? Yes. Um, and then uh, also, there's just been times also in recent memory where waiting a while did help. Um, when the Switch came out, I unfortunately was uh, not employed at the time. I had been let go from my job at the time. And I remember putting in a pre-order for it, like, immediately, you know, because my lizard brain said, you know, but Nintendo, I want it. But, you know, very quickly, you know, I kind of had to assess. It's just like, uh, David, you're on unemployment right now, you know? And uh, so, really, I kind of assessed the situation. It's just like, what games are coming out for the Switch that I would absolutely want right now. And the answer was just one of them. It was Breath of the Wild. And I'm like, 
is coming to Wii U. You already have that. A you know a sixty dollar game is a lot more reasonable than you know a two hundred fifty dollar plus the game price investment. So I decided to wait. Uh, I canceled the pre order instead. Pre ordered uh, Breath of the Wild, so I got that on launch day, and that was the better choice because I ended up being unemployed for. I was right up to that six month like stigma period. You know, it's just kind of like mm-hmm. after that point, you know. The, Companies start wondering, oh, maybe there's something wrong with this person. They haven't worked in six months. Uh, you know, and finally, you know, I just, I was able to get something and, you know, but then like that's later that summer, but it was my birthday, you know, well, they had, you know, a couple of games that had come out already and, uh, you know, ones that I was perfectly happy to get. So I was able to get one uh, ordered through, uh, GameStop and it had Splatoon 2 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and uh, by that point I was just like okay yeah I can afford this and they've got a lot more games out of here that I actually you know they had the one game I absolutely wanted to play but I didn't need to buy a whole new system for it and really it's kind of been like you know I don't really want to buy the systems directly at launch anymore because also, I also started rethinking, you know, with PlayStation 4, I did that. And then I ended up playing some games that I really didn't care about. So, you know, really, aside from the fact that it's like, I have the new thing, I could have cared less about Killzone or, or Knack. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that Knack sold more than Super Mario 3D World shit is a travesty, you know? So, I don't think that's the case anymore. With uh, I don't think so either, but I still need to get that. I want to play Bowser's Fury so bad, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm like, I paid sixty dollars for this game once already. Do I really want to do it again? <laughs> so I might save up some eBay bucks and, or some uh, credit card reward points to uh, find some Bitcoin. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um. And so, you know, that's kind of worked out. The PlayStation 5 actually, though, was kind of, you know, a hiccup in the system. And even then, though, my justifications for that were, you know, I'm going to play all my PlayStation 4 games now on that. And they are going to be faster, uh, smoother, and in some cases, they're going to bump up to the PS5, you know, graphical version just for Mm -hmm. free. And so I was just like, well, technically, I already have games for this, and also, uh, you know, my launch game that I bought for it, which I haven't plugged in yet, though, was a Cyberpunk, which, for all intents and purposes, would not have run on my launch very well on my launch PS4, but it will run like butter on my launch PS5. So it's just kind of like, okay, well, there's my other launch game, you know, PlayStation Five, uh, Cyberpunk. So. And also, you know, I there were some games, though, that, you know, like I'm, I'm now really much enjoying Devil May Cry 5, and it's got the upgraded graphics and all of that, and I'm really enjoying it. And there is more stuff coming down the line. I know there is. I, I You know, I'm looking into Returnal. I don't know much about it, but, you know, everyone keeps saying wonderful things about it. So... <laughs> the best way I can describe it is it's a third-person shooter uh exploration game kind of like what metroid other m should have been okay. with with a uh roguelite element when whenever you die 
You go back to the beginning. You keep a lot of the power-ups, though. Okay. But the map changes because your memory doesn't remember how it went. Oh, interesting. And, uh, you know, also, you know, all of the new games are now starting, they're coming out. They're having, they're in that transition period. So you've got the better version of it. Now you could still get the low-grade version if you want it. But, you know, now it's just kind of like, well, if I want to, I can enjoy the new thing now, too. Um, one of the big things for that for me was, uh, you know, me and Doug are huge Resident Evil fans. However, uh, so I was also looking forward to Resident Evil 8, which came out uh, yesterday. However, I have decided, though, since I haven't uh, picked, plugged in my copy of the remake of 2 or 3 yet, I think I will wait and get the full, uh, you know, full, like, uh, Game of the Year edition of 8 uh, after I have played those two first. <laughs> oh, Lady Dremeskew, you'll have to wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we're doing this, though, uh, Doug is messaging me. Um, he's just messaging me. Wow, Resident Evil Eight made werewolf scary for me. And I'm like, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> That's uh, impressive. Yeah, I would also like to wish uh, my brother a very, you know, um, he and his missus had a very crummy week, and I just, you know, I want to wish him the best. That. Uh, you know, we care about them and hope for the best for them. All right, I, I can't say any more, but I'll just want—I just wanted to say, you know, we're thinking about you. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. But, you know, yeah, that's a—that's where it came from for me. Anymore, it's just like no, I'm content to wait, uh, rather than uh, you know, I mean, there's some games even that we bought the day of for Wii U that. I plugged in once and then really never played it. <laughs> uh, Zombie U. Oh, that, that game, game hurt. That game had so many good ideas, and I plugged it in, and I'm like, yeah, I can see myself playing this, and then just didn't. I don't know why. A lot of good ideas. None of them worked out well. Really? Yeah, it, it, it didn't turn out great. Um, uh, you were farther along than I did. <laughs> particularly, the, in theory, the backpack was a good idea where you had to look in the backpack where you couldn't see what was going on around you. Mm -hmm. But it it just kind of took away from things I felt. I got you. But. All righty. All right. Yeah. Guys, I think that was a good episode. Mm -hmm. We avoided any major curse words. Yeah, we did. We did. We, we got did. into some deep topics. I can't talking today. We got into some deep topics, and we got into some nonsense. About part of the course. Yep. Reality and shenanigans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and somewhere in the middle is us. <laughs> There's an Stuck episode in the title. middle with you. <laughs> There's the episode title, Reality Shenanigans, and then somewhere in the middle is us. <laughs> there we go. Yep. All right. Well, Phil, any thought, final thoughts for the week? Nope. <laughs> All right, then. Dave, any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? Um, do not go to the Zelda uh, subreddit. <laughs> 
They're filled with monsters and 13-year-olds, oftentimes being the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And then for me, just be kind. Don't don't be the D word. <laughs> Which D word? There's multiple. <laughs> Any of them? Okay. Don't, don't be, be the D word. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, don't just be kind. Be kind. Yeah, Assume yeah. people are coming from a good place. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't be a troll. Don't be a troll. And now we're going to get a bunch of hate going, hey, I'm a troll American, and mm-hmm. I feel offended by this. Oh, get under your bridge and get your goats taken care of. Leave us alone. On that note, be safe, be kind, bottoms up.